Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Foundation Worldview Podcast, where we seek to answer your questions so that you can equip the children that God has placed in your care to carefully evaluate every idea they encounter and understand the truth of the biblical worldview. I'm your host, Elizabeth Urbanowitz, and I'm thrilled that you've joined me for another episode today. Today's question says, I've been trying to implement your advice in previous podcasts about making my home an inviting place for my children to bring their friends. However, I worry that my standards for behavior are off-putting. How can I maintain high behavioral and moral standards without creating a hostile atmosphere? This is a really important question for us to think through as we think about our children getting older and developing more friends and wanting to make our homes a place where our kids' friends want to be. Before we dive down deep into answering this question, I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who has submitted a question because we could not run this podcast without you because we run off of the questions you submit. So if you have a question that you would like to submit for a future Foundation Worldview podcast, you can do so by going to foundationworldview.com forward slash podcast. Also just ask that you would remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And also please consider sharing this content with those within your sphere of influence so we can just equip more adults to get the kids in their care to think carefully and understand the truth of the biblical worldview. Now, the first thing I want to say is just commending this mom or dad who wrote in this question. It's just so wonderful that you're thinking about this, about how can you make your home an inviting place for your kids' friends, but then also think through, okay, how do we deal with the fact that our kids' friends are going to be coming into our house with different behavioral expectations from their parents, with different moral standards. It's really important to think through this. Now, my first piece of advice would be that if you are married, to talk through this with your spouse, to come up with a game plan together, and whether you are married or single parenting, that you bring other trusted believers into your life and just ask them to be thinking through this with you and praying through this with you. That we live in a culture that often likes to just seek advice from people with platforms. You know, even though I'm, you know, not very well known in the broader world, you know, this is a platform that I'm using right now. And I'm grateful that God has given me the privilege of answering questions like this. However, because I don't know you personally, and because I don't know the ins and outs of your situation, the kind of advice that I can give you is going to be somewhat limited compared to the advice that a trusted brother or sister in your local church can give you, because they're going to be able to ask you follow-up questions. They're going to be, you know, in the trenches with you doing daily life. So really just encourage you, if you're married, sit down, talk through this with your spouse and whether you are married or single parenting, that you bring others within your local church into this conversation so that they can encourage you. They can ask you good questions. They can support you. They can hold you accountable throughout this process. Now, I think that no matter the situation you're in, there are just some general principles that we can think through as we're thinking through inviting our children's friends into our home. Um, And the first thing that I think we can think through is just who are we actually having over? You know, who are our children's friends? Who are the friends that we really want to encourage our children to continue developing relationship with? Now, there may be certain friends who you want to limit your children's time with. Now, obviously, this is much easier when your children are young and you have, you know, a greater amount of authority in their life. You know, as we're raising teenagers, we still have authority in their life. You know, we are still required to make them submit to the rules in our household. However, we are gradually releasing responsibility to them as we are seeking to 
develop them into fully functioning adults. So in the younger years, it's much easier to control, you know, who we have over into our house, who we are encouraging our children to be friends with and who we are not. And I know that even when I was growing up, you know, my parents always made our home a very inviting place to our friends, um, but also to our neighbors, to our church family. But I know that my parents were intentional in encouraging us to invite certain friends over and then also making sure that they were putting boundaries around the time that we were spending with other friends. You know, we were always encouraged to invite people over our house, but I know that when it came to people from church, we were encouraged much more so than people just from our public school. Not that our public school friends were never invited over, but our parents were intentional about helping us cultivate friendships within the body of Christ. So that's the first thing we need to think through, you know, who are we having over? And this is a time when you can be really intentional at planning family get-togethers with other like-minded families in your church. Now, this doesn't mean that we isolate ourselves and we never have families or friends over who think differently than us or who have different standards, but we can be really intentional about thinking, okay, who are other families in our church or in just the greater community who have similar goals? for their children, who we want to make sure that we're fostering relationships with. I know that as a teacher in a Christian school, this was sometimes something that parents would come and ask me. You know, if there were parents who were very serious about discipleship, they knew that they had certain goals for their children. And while, you know, it would have been the hope that all families in our Christian school had the same goal goals, the truth of the matter was not every single family that sent their children to our Christian school had those same discipleship goals. So frequently I would have parents who would come in and say, who are the other kids in this class where the moms and dads are really serious about discipleship? You know, I want to set up play dates with those families. I want to build relationships with these families. And so that's something we can be intentional about, you know, actually having families over, practicing biblical hospitality as a family to get to know like-minded families. Then we can also have conversations with our kids about what qualities should they look for in a friend that we want to help our kids think through, you know, what makes a good friend? It's going to be someone who is going to be encouraging us in our relationship with Jesus. It's going to be someone who is not gossiping about other people, you know, because if that person is gossiping about other people when they're around us, they're going to be gossiping about us when they're around other people. Um, and so just talking through, you know, what are some of these qualities of a good friend? Now that doesn't mean that our children should never have any relationships outside of people who make good, solid biblical friends. But it does mean that we want to help encourage them toward those relationships. And this is something, especially when our children are 10 and under, that if we see that they're drawn to a certain type of person who is not really the type of person who is seeking to honor the Lord with their life, or we're just concerned, we can be really honest with our children about, hey, you know, what is it that draws you to this person? Why do you want to be friends with them? Not that we want to cut down that friendship, but that we can say, you know, I don't really think that this person should be your best friend. I even think through children who were in my third grade classroom who I saw that their parents wanted to be intentional about discipleship, yet their child was drawn 
to the kids in the class who were very prideful or who were always seeking to have attention drawn to themselves or who had very negative attitudes towards others. And this is something that I would actually directly address with my students and I would directly address with their parents like, hey, I'm worried about the type of person that your daughter or your son is drawn to. Not that we want to cut down these friendships, but I don't think this should be the primary friendship that they're seeking. And this is actually a mistake that I made in many of my first years of teaching that I often was not direct with my students about this. And I, you know, tried to steer them towards friendships with other students, but I wasn't actually direct in what I was concerned about, where my last few years of teaching, I was more direct and things went much better. Um, but that's something we can be direct with our kids about. You know, why is it that you're always drawn to the type of person that is rolling their eyes at others, you know, or that is seeking to be the boss of everything? You know, why? what is it, you know, that's drawing you to that person? Because I don't think that person makes the best, best friend. Um, then we can also pray with our children regarding friendships. You know, we can pray with them and we can pray for them, you know, that God would give them one or two friends, you know, who really love him and are seeking him and are going to be strong friends for our children. And then we can pray through, you know, the other relationships that our children have, where it's not someone maybe who you want your child to be best friends with, but that you can pray that your child would influence that person and that person would not have as strong an influence on your child. So that's the first thing we need to intentionally think about who we are inviting over. Now, then we also need to think of what are we going to do when we have children in our home who come from homes with vastly different rules. You know, it might be that our home has the most strict rules of all. I know growing up, that was the case with my home. I don't think I had any friends who had stricter rules in their household about what they could or could not watch on TV or how much time they could spend watching TV or the language that they could use, or even, you know, the type of food that was allowed that growing up, my my home, the home I grew up in, was always had the most strict rules, even though my parents sought to make our home a very inviting place. And so especially when we're talking about children, you know, who are younger than teenagers, we need to be sure that we are explaining the rules up front. You know, when we have um, our our kids' friends over that we're saying, hey, we just have a few rules in this household, you know, um, you know, we're not allowed to, to run or yell in the house. If you want to go outside in the backyard and run and yell, you can do that to your heart's content. You know, when we have friends over, you know, we're not going to have any friends playing in the bedroom. If you want to play in the living room or the dining room or the kitchen, you know, that's great, but we're not going to have any friends playing in the bedroom. And then, you know, even just rules about eating, you know, maybe your kids are allowed one snack after school, you know, while their friends are allowed three or more snacks to say, we're going to have one snack. So just explaining the rules up front. If you have older kids, you know, where, you know, maybe they're going to be playing ping pong or basketball outside Just say, you know, just the only type of music that we're going to be allowed to listen to is this type of music, you know, or, you know, we're not gonna have any music playing with cursing or swear words, or, you know, what our kids, they have to leave their, you know, if you have teenagers and they have phones, you know, hopefully they, you know, like don't have their phones with them all the time. So saying, you know, in our house, you know, we put the phones on the kitchen table, you know, you can keep your phone with you, you know, to communicate with your parents, but you should not, you know, we don't allow any videos watched on the phones, you know, please don't be talking or texting, you know, the whole time that you're here. So just to make sure that we have those rules up front. 
And then a conversation to have with your spouse, um, or if you're single parenting, you know, with someone else in the body of Christ is determine which rules in your house are simply for the convenience of how things run. And maybe those rules every once in a while could be bent versus rules in your home, which are moral rules. And the person who wrote in this question actually distinguished these things. They said, how can I maintain high behavioral standards and moral standards. So we need to think through, okay, what are some of the things that we're going to want our kids and their friends, well, we, we require our kids to follow, and we're going to want their friends to mainly follow them when they're here. But every once in a while, if we have to bend this rule, that's okay. Versus what are the moral standards that we have in our household that we are not willing to compromise on? For example, maybe one of the behavioral expectations is that your kids are not going to be using outside voices inside, you know, so saying we're not going to yell, we're not going to scream. And for the most part, you want to keep up that behavioral expectation. However, you know, if, if your kids are playing a board game and their friend gets really excited about it, you know, if they, you know, just shout it out loud while they're playing a board game, that's not really a moral thing. That's just, they haven't adhered to the behavioral expectation. So that's one, you know, maybe you can say, you know, well, we're not going to do this when we're together as a family, but you know, we're going to let this slide versus the rule that we only use clean language. We don't use any, you know, sexual humor or potty talk. We don't use any swear words. That's a moral issue. So if you have your, you know, like one of your kid's friends coming over and is using language that you do not allow in the household, that's something that then you're going to say, uh, you know, you might be allowed to use that language in your household, but we don't use that word, you know, or we don't use words like that in our house, you know, so that's different than you know, we, we keep inside voices inside and outside voices outside versus clean language. Or, you know, you might have a rule that your kids are allowed no more than 30 minutes of media time each day, you know, and maybe a friend comes over and you've decided, well, you know, it might be fun for them to watch, you know, a G-rated movie when they're together. And that might mean they're going to be watching that for an hour and 10 minutes. So that's a rule, you know, where most of the time the behavioral expectation is, you know, no more than 30 minutes of screen time. And you want to keep that the same where when their friends are over, you know, maybe every once in a while you can say, okay, you know, today's going to be a special thing. You're going to be allowed to watch a movie versus a moral rule would be like, we don't allow any media that has sexual innuendos or jokes in it, you know, in our household. And so that would be something that that's a moral rule. So you're going to stick with that. Another example of a behavioral expectation versus something that's moral is maybe you have a rule that there's no eating, no food in the living room. Okay. And for the most part, you're going to want to keep that up because that's just a rule that you have in your household. But again, maybe your kids are watching a movie with you with their friends and you're going to have some popcorn. You know, that's, that's a behavioral expectation, you know, that you can bend for that day versus I think it's a really wise idea to just say that no guests are ever in the bedroom, you know, because you just, you can't see what's going on in that. Yeah, I think it's a wise idea to make sure that when you're having people over, that people are always in public spaces. So that, that would be a moral thing, you know, to make sure that nothing wrong is going on. So you might bend the behavioral expectation of not eating in the living room, but saying, no, we're not going to have any visitors in the bedroom. So just, you know, there's many more examples that you could go through, but just parse through what are behavioral expectations that every once in a while, it's okay to bend those versus moral standards where you're like, no, this is what God has called us to. And we are not bending this moral expectation. And just recognize this is going to be, need to be an ongoing conversation in your household, because as your children grow and develop and change, and as they develop different relationships, you're going to have to think through like, okay, what 
is appropriate in this stage because how you handle having friends over when your child is four looks vastly different than how you handle having friends over when they are 14. Um, and it's just important to always be thinking, okay, what is best for our children and their friends? You know, what has God called us to in this season? You don't want to let the children who your children are having over change the rules in your house. Think, okay, what, what needs to stay the same and what are things, you know, just behavioral expectations that maybe will bend when we have some friends over. I think, you know, my parents are not perfect and they did not do everything perfectly when my brother and sister and I were growing up, but I think they did a good job of, you know, just wading through this, of having our home be a place that was open and inviting for others while still maintaining high expectations. And so, you know, when we were growing up, as we, my brother and sister and I aged, you know, my parents got a ping pong table for our basement. They got a basketball hoop outside downstairs, you know, in, we didn't have a huge TV, but my parents did get surround sound, you know, so that if we were going to watch a movie, our friends wanted to have it at our house because, you know, we had surround sound there. And so those are things my parents just tried to do to make our home an inviting place. You know, they didn't always have the latest thing. We didn't really have video games. You know, we weren't allowed to watch a lot of media. If we were going to watch a movie, it had to be okayed by my parents ahead of time. You know, it wasn't something that we could have friends over. And then we'd just be like, hey, can we watch this movie? Like we had to ask our parents before our friends came over. But those are things that they did just to make our house inviting. But I also saw my parents adhere to high standards. And part of what made this easy is my parents actually directed the um, the senior high youth group at church. So they had a relationship with most of the people that we were having over and they knew them pretty well. But um, you know, even as kids, you know, my mom, she she stuck to most of the behavioral expectations that we had. For example, my mom was, you know, she didn't make us eat perfectly. We were allowed, you know, junk food now and then, but my mom was really careful at making sure that we weren't developing an unhealthy appetite or affection for unhealthy foods. So like when we had Oreos, we were allowed to have three Oreos and no more. You know, when we had ice cream, my mom would give us two small scoops of ice cream and no more. And sometimes our friends just like rolled their eyes or huffed their breath at this. Like I remember having a friend over and just opening, she opened up a sleeve of Oreos and kept eating. And my mom was like, um, Amy here, we're allowed to have three Oreos, you know, and my friend like rolled her eyes and like looked at me like you have got to be kidding me but my mom didn't care you know she was like this is what we're gonna do or my sister had a friend over one night you know when we were watching a movie and my mom gave you know two scoops of ice cream and the friend you know like rolled her eyes and my mom was like is something wrong <laughs> with this you know so she just kept at those expectations my brother had a friend over who he had the habit of just opening up the door and walking in the house without knocking and every time he did that my mom was like we do not go into other people's houses without knocking. And so she would have him walk outside and knock on the door. And he was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, and he kind of like laughed it off and would roll his eyes. But my mom was like, no, I'm serious. It's important to knock when you go over someone else's house. And so these were all behavioral expectations, not necessarily really moral things. But, you know, my parents stuck to their guns in that. And our house was still the place that friends wanted to come over. You know, sometimes I know for myself growing up, sometimes I was embarrassed by my parents' rules. But now as an adult, I'm so grateful that my parents had those rules that they did. So that would just be my encouragement to you. You know, first talk to trusted believers in your local church because they're going to be able to give you wisdom that I can't regarding your specific situation. Then specific things to think through is who your your kids are having over, you know, how you can help foster positive relationships. Then, you know, when you're having children over, 
who come from houses with different rules, make sure you explain the rules up front. Think through what are just behavioral expectations that maybe every once in a while you can bend versus moral standards that you're not going to bend. And just make sure that this is an ongoing conversation with you and your spouse or you and those in your local church as you're thinking through making your home an inviting place, but also a place that holds to high standards. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, but as always, my prayer for you as we leave our time together is that no matter the situation you and the children God has placed in your care find yourselves, that you would trust that God is working all things together for your good by using all things to conform you more into the image of his son. I'll see you next time.